Hello and welcome to Men in Progress, the podcast of United Methodist Men of Treach here in Flower Mound, Texas. This is part of the Life Plus God podcast series from Treach Memorial United Methodist Church. You're listening to episode 22 of the Men's Group Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Casey, and in this episode of Men in Progress, we're shining a light on our new vision here at Treach Memorial. There are a lot of exciting things happening around our church, now and in the near future, and it's all in service of an exciting new vision for leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Now here at Treach, we envision a community where people matter, brokenness is healed, and love is lived. This is a bold statement of faith for our church, and it's our vision for the future of God's reign in this church and the surrounding communities. We envision that God is at work here, and we envision that God's work here is not done yet. We envision that we're part of that work through volunteering, serving others, and missional outreach. We envision this work is the ministry of all followers of Jesus, specifically those who call Treach our spiritual home. We envision that people matter, and that means all people matter to God and to us. We envision that our brokenness and the brokenness of our fellow community family can be healed by God's grace, mercy, and justice. We envision that love is lived by our tangible acts of service toward the very people that matter and that are broken. This is our vision for being the hands and feet of Jesus and welcoming everyone into his love and grace here at Treach. Joining me to discuss our new vision are two of the authors and pastors here at Treach, Daniel Humbert and Gracie Millard. Well, Daniel and Gracie, welcome to Men in Progress. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. Thanks this for is having a, me. This is a rare event. If, oh, it's a real rare event to have a woman uh, on the podcast. For sure. I'm honored. Yeah. That's honored. Very, very rare. <laughs> She's got her own microphone and everything. Yeah, yeah. I know it. I know it. So, and then having uh, two members of clergy on, I think, is a new world record for us. Because we've, well, there you go. We've yeah, only done one at the rebellions time. all the time. Yeah. yeah we we're, we try to keep it, you know, on the QT. <laughs> so... Well, thank you for being here. As you know, it's not every day that we adopt a new vision statement yeah. uh, for our church. And I've got to say, uh, I love this one for us. So let's start at the beginning. How did the new vision come about? Yeah, absolutely. So it's fascinating, I think, and I'll try to get the abbreviated form here, right? Uh-huh. So um, it actually started as a part of the process for a capital campaign that eventually became the revival campaign. Oh, okay. And so we hired a consultant and we appointed a, a vi- what we called a clear vision team uh, at the end of 21. And then they began to meet in the beginning of 22. And in January, February, March, this group of 10 people were commissioned to try to develop a clear vision statement for the, for the campaign itself. Mm-hmm. And it, the work was phenomenal. Uh, the consultant guided us well, and we eventually ended with this clear vision statement for what would become an eventual capital campaign that we now know as Revival. It was so good, in fact, that it became the vision statement for the whole church. Wow. And so what happened was during the course of the year of 2022, the leadership board was very aware of it, understood it, talked about it a lot, recognized it was really valuable and important. And so at the end of 2022, the leadership board said, we really believe this ought to be the vision for the church for the future as a better vision for what a desired outcome could be. And so I guess it was in October or November of 22, the leadership board said, we want to officially adopt this as the vision statement for the church. And that's how we started it in 2023. So this is like a rebranding exercise almost. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah. I've been here a while, you know, yeah, I've seen yeah, the brand yeah. change a couple of times, Indeed. and uh, but this is exciting because this is a this is like a, a new beginning, you know. So 
so most of us, uh, I would hazard to say 99% of us have never served as pastors or even on a leadership team in some cases. So um, when you sit down to author this, what's, what's the mindset? How does that work out? Gracie, have you... Were you part of that process? I was not. So this happened all before I got here in oh the summer gosh. of 22. So so you got a fresh look at it yeah. just basically from the outside in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. I think the mentality was really, we know and love Treach, believe it's a great church, believe it had a great past and has a powerful future, right? And so part of the concept was this understanding, we know the, 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 the realities of the day and our world have changed, and we need a new understanding of how we're going to be in ministry. And so the, uh, both the Clear Vision team, which was a designated group of both formal and informal leaders, and then the leadership board itself, which of course you know is the elected leadership of the church, um, realized that uh, we, we really wanted to see this as a as a vision for the future that God wanted for the church. And so the whole concept is, um, how can we adopt this in such a way that it'll make a difference for us, but how we can have impact on the world? And so the, the sort of high uh, global thought on this was, how does this help us achieve building God's kingdom? That mm-hmm. was the desired yeah. outcome. Wow. Well, and, and as you explained, it's not a short-term deal. This, is, this took a while in the making. Uh, Absolutely. I, I venture to say every word and every phrase was carefully thought out. Ooh. <laughs> I know you've been a part of wordsmithing. Yes, and, I have. And all the, and it, you know, it's always challenging. It had, as you can well imagine, I can't even remember anymore, but it probably had about 10 iterations. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and like often happens, I, I always find this fascinating, you know, struggle, 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 kind of think a bit, struggle, struggle, struggle. Okay, maybe we're almost there. And then feeling quite literally as though we couldn't get anywhere. And then what I refer to as sort of last minute after a three-month time frame, um, all of it sort of came together. Yeah. And we achieved this goal of we envision a community where yeah. people matter, brokenness is healed, yep. love is lived. It was powerful. Wow. Yeah. So... You know, it's interesting that, and I love that, that particular phrase is, is so cool. It's, we envision a community where people matter. Um, and that seems very obvious, but on the other hand, there's a lot of people who feel like they don't matter, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how do we, you know, how do we relate that to them? How do we, how do we show them that they matter? I guess right. is the mm-hmm. thing. Right. I bet Gracie could share something. <laughs> on that. Yeah. So they all, I mean, each of those, the, f- um, different phrases in the vision statement do overlap, of course, but um, as the team, as the leadership board and everybody who was putting it together, uh, sort of focused that people matter is about relationships and about building relationships. So um, yes, people matter. Um, We all know that inherently. We all think that like we're not going to say people, other people don't matter, but how do we actually show them they matter? We start building relationships with them and relationships take time and effort and sacrifice. Um, and that's, that's how people can know they matter is when you take the time to invest in them. Yeah, that's wonderful. And, And the biggest challenge there, I think is recognizing the vision statement is not so much about treach. It's about how do we impact the world? How do we impact the, the places in which we live and reside and have our being, right? And so uh, a part of this vision quite literally is acknowledging that not only do those who come to Treach mm-hmm. matter, but the community matters, sure. right? The yeah. individuals and uh, groups of people and, 
And so the, the relationships that uh, Gracie's referencing is a part of our end goal in all of this is to begin to develop better and more relationships with the community. Wow. Wow. That's tremendous. You know, and Treach has always had a reputation uh, in this community as, as the kind of that church that, that works in the community, reaches out, is so integral to the community. Right. And I'm just uh, heartened that that's being carried on. That's, mm-hmm. that's tremendous. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. A few years ago, Cigna did a, a large study that showed that our youngest generation, and this is like the college age, 18 to 22 years old, are the loneliest generation in America. And, and that's very alarming. And it, it, it seems to be like the, that's the generation that seems to be pulling away from church as well in, in, in large numbers. And uh, clearly, I think getting to the, that generation and getting to those folks and showing that they're important, uh, that, that's got to be great. It is. And it's a challenge, right? There's no easy or simple solution. One of the reasons, among many, that we invited uh, Gracie to come on staff as one of our clergy is because she's in that demographic, <laughs> and she can just help turned twenty-two and right. she's ready to roll. Yeah, a <laughs> little older than that, but not much. <laughs> Gracie's actually started a young adult ministry here that's reaching the community, and, oh, and uh, uh, I was heartened to hear so their first gathering mm-hmm. invi- involves some folks outside of yep. the church. Wow! Yeah! Wow! Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. Cause that, that's, that's a tough time. I remember in my own life, I mean, I went to church consistently in high school, but as soon as I got to college, you know, there right. was a million other things to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you get out of the habit, but then you kind of, you know, you're away from the community and in, in, in general, you know, mm-hmm. maybe when you go home, you know, you go to church, but that was, that was it. It was, a. Mm-hmm. It was a time of darkness, I guess, for me, yeah, and maybe for the, lots of kids. Yeah, you know? I think that's yeah. one of the most common stories we mm-hmm. hear. Is yeah. Once they go to school, that freedom, yeah. you know, avails them of that opportunity. Sure. But uh, I, I would agree, I, not that I have to agree with the study, but I, <laughs> I, think, it's, I think it's valuable yeah. information. Well, and to me, too, there's, uh, my sons are a little older. They're in their late 20s, early 30s, but... Um, you know, with technology, mm-hmm. social media, all these other things, there's a lot of pressures or a lot of opportunities to be separated yep. mm-hmm. and to be, you know, I won't even say excluded, but just, just away from inclusion. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and you're not, you're not part of a community yeah. or you're, or you're part of a kind of a, a weird community <laughs> for me, you know? And also the pandemic was at oh, the gosh. height of so much of their socialization, yes. that generation, yeah. they lost so much opportunity to connect. Yep. Um, and honestly, I think a lot of them have anxiety about connecting and um, they don't know, they didn't have so many of the experiences that generations before them yeah. got to have. Yep. Yeah, just even if you think of all the social stuff mm-hmm. you do in college, you know, if, if you've lost all that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, the second part of our new vision is we envision a community where brokenness is healed. And what does that mean to you guys? Casey, I'll start with Should you. Start. <laughs> uh, not to steal the thunder, but this one is uh, about restoration. Um, so, again, we believe that... I thought it all kind of goes together because when you show people that they matter um, and you can start to show them that Jesus is really good at healing, yeah. um, that when you encounter Jesus, you will encounter healing. Um, but it's recognizing that we all have some brokenness in our lives, um, but also it's about offering hope to people. Sure. Um, and again, not just the people in our church, but in our community, um, showing 
in all kinds of ways as individually, like with addiction issues or uh, mental health issues, but also um, like with systemic poverty and illiteracy and school issues. Um, brokenness is all around. <laughs> sure. Well, and it comes in many forms and fashions right. too. Yeah. There's the, there's the obvious things you say, mm -hmm. oh, this poor individual or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are people that are broken that you walk by them or deal with them day to day. You don't know right. that there's a problem. You that's know? exactly right. And that's a part of the issue in many suburban communities in which yeah. we yeah. literally exist, right? Is we come here wanting sort of nirvana, right, this, sure. this wonderful place, and it is, and yet what we also know, cler clergy in particular, is mm -hmm. there's a lot of brokenness and a lot of hurting that goes uh, covered, right, yes. mm -hmm. that just yeah. kind of people yeah. pretend that yep. all is well, when in fact it's not really all well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and that's, the church can play such an important role in mm -hmm. that. So, uh, do you guys sense that churches haven't always welcomed broken people? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what would give you that impression? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's it's a, um, golly, I hate to even admit it, having been a part of the church for so long, but it, it's a part of every church, of uh, at least every church I'm familiar with, yeah. that, that we we want to believe that we're open to anybody and everybody, but it's clear that we're not. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. right. Or not as open as we should be, right. or you know, there's always uh, room for improvement, I guess. In in saying we're much, it's we're welcoming, but in practice, are we? Yeah, is yeah, kind of the reality. And you know, it's almost you almost need a secret shopper to mm. do that. You know, <laughs> you need someone to come and and see if they're welcome, mm -hmm. and then just ask mm -hmm. them, "What was your experience, and how did that work out?" And mm -hmm. uh, correct. Yeah, I think that's a that's a that's something that. Every church struggles with certainly larger churches, mm -hmm. even more maybe because, uh, uh, well, probably on both both ends of the spectrum. Sure. Very small churches, it's everybody knows everybody already, right. so yeah. it's very hard to break into that. Large churches, it's really easy to become anonymous mm -hmm. very quickly. Um, yeah. So, uh, so what what are some specific things we're doing to try to get past that? Well, so some of the things that we offer, for instance, are. Um, renew ministry for those in addiction and uh. or hosting meetings for both AA and Al-Anon. Other things we do are things like the grief recovery group, right? That yeah. form of brokenness is grief, right? That's a, and so grief, um, almost anything, offering Stephen ministry, for instance, to those likewise who need sort of one-on-one -on -one Christian care who've yeah. gone through grief. So there are a number of things we're doing. I, I think you're going to begin to see uh, in the new year, 2024, even more opportunities for that. Oh, that's tremendous. Oh. So the third part of our vision statement is we envision a community where love is lived. And I think this is one of, this has got to be my favorite of the three. And, and, and what do you, what does this mean? Is this being the hands and feet of God? How does this come together? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you nailed it with that. Um, love is lived is putting into action, um, the love that we have from Jesus. It's, we believe that love is what Jesus calls us to do, that it's a very action oriented, uh, thing. It's not loving people from afar. And of course, again, it, it just, it wraps in the first two elements too, that by, that you're living out love in your building relationships with people in offering hope, but living out the, lo the love of God is, um, putting the hands and feet of ministry in the community, yeah. um, being present and serving wherever you can living a lifestyle of serving. 
And, and we've, again, we, I think we've done a great job at that. I mean, there's probably always room for improvement. Should we be looking for some new things in the next year or two yeah. from Treach in that yeah. area? Yep. Yeah. And very much so. The leadership board, you know, has spent 2023 sort of identifying and implementing, if you will, this vision statement. But 2024 is going to be, um, as we describe it, putting more tangible legs on it, more viability on it so that it becomes a, a lot more real and tangible. Right, right. So I'm going to get this. This is going to be uh, maybe a little more difficult subject. Now, let's get in here. And, you know, I've got, while I've got you guys here, this is great. <laughs> this may go on for a couple hours. <laughs> so so I want to go back to our, our reaching out to all people and be, uh, be inclusive. So, you know, c- clearly we're in a very diverse world just with what's happening in the Mideast right now. We yep. can see that. Um, and that's, not, that's beyond just opinions and viewpoints. That's on, you know, hatred, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at it, we, we're, we're such a homo, well, hetero, heterogeneous, I guess, society. We, we have just a mixture in, in the U.S. and particularly even in North Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in our congregation. We've mm-hmm. got liberals, we've got conservatives, we've got all kinds of folks. So what, um, what can, how can we make it clear that everyone is available or everyone mm-hmm. should have a place here at Treach? Because I think, you know, people think, well, oh, you're so largely white suburban mm-hmm. church. I mean, I know what to expect when I come in the door. You know? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a challenge, right? I mean, I don't think any of us are naive enough to believe that it's not a challenge to achieve what, we be- what we're trying to identify through the vision. Yeah. Uh, and so <clears throat> I think it comes on a, a couple of different levels. One is we speak into it on a regular basis, right? We identify this, we speak into it, we talk about it then obviously the next step is that we actually do these things. We make it clear that people do matter by the, our behaviors, by the way we engage the world. We make it clear that brokenness not only is real, but that it can be healed and that we, we offer those things. And then obviously the love is lived becomes the very tangible way that we do it. And I think mm-hmm. over time, that's how the community begins to see that, oh, this is, this is real or this, mm-hmm. is, this makes sense or I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Gracie, I mean, when I look at it, there's, um, it, it, we kind of look at this and we see, we, everybody's in agreement. This is, this is the, what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. What we should be doing. Mm-hmm. How do we as individuals, mm-hmm. how do we plug in? How do we, how does the average church member say, wow, you know, I understand what, the, what we're going, we're, we're going with this. How do I get involved? What do mm-hmm. I do? Well, I'd say, yay, you want to get involved. That's great. (laughs) Um, I mean, practically, um, one of the greatest, um, I can't think of the right word, but um, assets, I guess, that we have is the spiritual gifts inventory um, has been really helpful for a lot of people uh, to help see where they are gifted because God has gifted all of us. Um, I always like to say, sorry, you don't get out of it. You do have a gift. Um, and, uh, there are so many, (laughs) (laughs) there are so many, um, different ways to use your gift. Um, but we believe that the most, um, the way that you will be not, it's not necessarily about effectiveness, but where it, it will be most long lasting for you. You will find most, um, joy and most likely to continue is if you're serving in a way that is in line with your gift. Uh, But there's also along with kind of discovering what um, gifts you may have, there's 
sort of helping you identify what what sort of people or issue um, is really it, it breaks my heart. Right. And um, so then kind of matching with that and and then finally kind of the last uh, the last element is how am I a leader? How do I, what kinds of tasks do I, do I like more tasks or do I like more yeah. people oriented things? So that is one really great way to help you identify, um, sort of what, um, might be a good match for you. Cause we, there's, there are, it's almost overwhelming how many opportunities there are to serve not only in the church, but in the community. Um, so that's a really good place to start. Yeah. I want to hang out there for a minute if I could. Sure. Is that all right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, in a recent message, I talked about um, things we could do personally to help make sure people matter, right? And so some things might be some specific behaviors might be like I listen more intentionally to people mm. when we speak. Because yeah. one of our, uh, in America at least, that's all I can really speak for because it's where I live. But in America, we tend to listen in order to respond. I'm Correct. Gonna, let me tell you what we're I'm... We're formulating our response. <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. So we're not really listening, right? Yeah. So that's one thing is let's really listen and just listen to listen rather than mm -hmm. listen to respond. Yeah. Another is to uh, sort of enter into relationships that I might not normally enter into, whether that's with uh, neighbors or with work colleagues, uh, other church members for that matter, so that I get to know you a little better. Mm -hmm. That that literally says you matter to me. Yeah. I want to engage a conversation, right? I want to engage a relationship. Uh, another component was uh, seek to understand rather than to be understood. Because again, this listening for response is about, let me tell you what I yeah. think, and let me yeah. tell you how you ought to think about this, right? Versus, let me just try to understand you a little better. And I think all of us, I know for me personally, I could do that much better, right? In terms of brokenness is healed, I think a personal acknowledgement is I'm broken, I, I like to think that I'm not. I like to pretend that I'm not, that right. my life is together. But the best way to sort of recognize that uh, I can help somebody else who's broken is to recognize I'm broken and then realize I might have a little bit more empathy with somebody mm -hmm. if I recognize my own brokenness. Not yeah. that it has to be the same, right? right? but mm -hmm. that I've got an issue or a dilemma or a mm -hmm. circumstance that causes me to not quite be in the best relationship I can be with God. That's a form of brokenness too. Mm. And so I think that that empathy can help a lot. And then uh, in terms of people, I mean, uh, love is lived rather. I think that's just all about humbling myself enough to serve other people, whatever that is, yep. whether that's as simple as, uh, you know, paying it forward in a, in a line, you know, at a fast food place, or whether it's helping somebody who obviously needs a little help, either getting up some stairs or across the street or sure. whatever, or helping prepare the blessing bags and offering them. You know, I, we're not in Dallas a heck of a lot, but we were in Dallas yeah. the other day. And literally, unlike, um, you know, suburbia, where you rarely see anybody uh, work in the street corners, yep, right? Yep. In Dallas, I got rid of all five of the bags that were say, in my car. Right? I ran out of bags like a yeah. couple of weeks ago, and it was interesting. And you feel so bad when you get to the next intersection. Right, yeah. you know, I don't have any more bags. Sorry, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. I, that's, uh, yeah, and it's interesting. I'll go back to a little bit what, what Gracie was saying. The spiritual gifts inventory, which I took years ago, and I, you know, I, I keep referring back to, um, in business, we do some similar things. Um, I consult with companies that are trying to help, um, help them trying to rearrange who's doing what roles in the company. Mm. And, uh, and sometimes it's not always by your gift. Mm. You know, you may be a gifted, uh, in sales, 
but you may be not passionate about sales, yeah. you know, or you may be gifted financially, but not passionate about that particular deal. So I think it's matching, matching up those, those two things of yep. understanding what, what your gifts are and what your capabilities are, but also what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you, if you can get those in line, mm-hmm. that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. It, and even if you can't, sometimes, um, it, it is important for you to, to contribute your gift. So, so if you, let's say you're financially really good, you, you, you should probably take your turn on, on that committee, <laughs> even <laughs> though that's not your passion, you know, but it may be your gift and it may mm-hmm. be a, a huge contribution for others. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. We sometimes will, will look at people that have pulled away uh, from the church and put all the responsibility on them, you know, that, well, they just, they just didn't have the right attitude. That's why they're not here anymore, you know, that type of thing. Um, I think it's, we have to think beyond that. I think when we're, when we're talking to people, um, how do we, how do we handle that? How do we, how do we do that without being judgmental? You know, <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's hard. You know, uh, part of what we do at the staff level is we kind of track attendance, right? Both yeah. in small groups and in worship. And we try to in tracking realize patterns of when people are here and not here. And obviously if some have kind of fallen off the grid, yeah. we do forms of check-in. We, we do that on a monthly basis. And it's, it's literally that it's not a guilt trip. It's golly, we've missed you. And yeah, is there anything yeah. going on or yeah. is there anything we can help you with? Did you and, move to Zanzibar and uh, just right. didn't tell <laughs> us, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> that, that's one way to do that. Sure. The other is to engage some of our leadership our elected leadership and offer and invite them to do the same. Because often lay members will clearly know long before we staff do Mm -hmm. simply because they've got the relationships already. Mm -hmm. There might be a circumstance or something. Exactly. And so just querying folks about, Hey, do you know about so-and-so or have you heard about or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's super. So I got another one for Gracie. All right. right. (laughs) So since you, you know, since this was in the works before you got here, I want you to, think about five years down the road what do you see treach being five years down the road it's easy for us old folks (laughs) (laughs) so i'll put you on the spot so i would love to see treach being just an enhanced version of what it is now um just um so integrated in the community one thing that a pastor had uh sort of mentored me who he, he suggested, um, what would the community look like without your church? Um, like how mm-hmm. vital is your church to the community? Yeah. And I would love for Treach to be so vital to Flower Mound, Louisville, Highland Village area that everybody n- knows that we're a place that people matter, sure. brokenness to sealed, love is live, that we are so integrated into the, uh, into the life of the community that, um, people can't help but know. Wow. And I mean, it's not even, we, we always have to remind each other and ourselves that um, the goal is never about getting necessarily getting people to treat, but that it's about leading people into a re- growing relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And if they come and find that at treach, obviously we would love that, but that it's always about pointing people to Jesus. Yeah. And so yeah. if we can be a church that's known for pointing people to Jesus, I think, I think this vision is a great, uh, great way for us to get there. Yep. Definitely. So, 
And, and we're making some physical changes to the church over the next mm-hmm. several several years that I think will enhance that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And part of what I love about the vision is not only the process in which it came together, but it, it really does um, marry well with the values that we have as well, right? Uh, biblical relevance, radical love, servant ministry. They don't tie together each of the three uh, directly, but they are so closely tied together that it helps identify why we want to do what we're doing and how it is we want it to become. Part of the language that we talked about early on in the process was this vision statement is kind of a modern rendering of building God's kingdom, Hmm. doing God's work in such a way that we can build God's kingdom here on earth. And that's not just around Treach, as Gracie's talking about, right? It's about helping people encounter this guy we know named Jesus who changed our hearts and lives Hmm. and who we know can do the same for others. And so that's our ultimate goal. Wow, that's tremendous. Wow, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, you know, I really know that this uh, folks listening to this podcast are going to have a much clearer idea of, of what this all this means. You know, and there's, I'll, I'll say, it's kind of the surface level, then there's the deeper level. And I think we've really dug into the deeper level today. I really thank you both for, for contributing to that. Yeah, thanks for letting us be yeah, a part. Definitely for so. Me. So there you have it, episode 22 of Men in Progress. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and that you'll join us again in November when our topic will be how to be truly thankful for what we have. Thank you again to Daniel Humbert and Gracie Millard for joining me and for sharing their wisdom with our listeners. Thanks for listening to Men in Progress from Treach Memorial UMC here in Flower Mound, Texas. I'm Dave Casey. We'll see you next time. This episode of the Men in Progress podcast is sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in or near Flower Mound, Texas on any Sunday morning, we would love to welcome you to any of the TREAT services. Or you can follow our services anytime on our Facebook page or at tmumc.org.